Hi, I'm Louise Charles, and thanks for tuning in to my podcast. I'm on a mission to help remove the barriers that stop us from living an active, happy, and full life. I'm the founder of Live Once Fitness, and I believe that everyone can find a way to be active and enjoy movement. I get my fulfillment for being active, being creative, and surrounding myself with inspiring people and stories. I love hearing stories from people who have dedicated their lives to their passions, through their careers, their hobbies, or through some unusual, maybe wacky self-care techniques. In this podcast, we're going to meet some incredible guests. We're going to have some laughs along the way. I want to examine other people's passions, weird and wonderful jobs, hobbies, and everything in between that brings fulfillment. Some are out there, Some are more mainstream. But one thing they have in common is that all these guests are brave. They all believe that in some way what they do is making the world a better place. And who doesn't need a bit of that right now? Each episode, I'll be joined by my cousin Hannah, who provides a pretty amusing soundboard to my increasingly woo ways. Please do subscribe and review as it really does help people find us. Hi, Hannah. Hi. Thanks for joining me. You're my first ever guest. How exciting, the inaugural. I feel so honoured that I'm the first one. Well, you're also the only person I know, not the only person I know who doesn't have a job at the moment, but someone who doesn't. Fine, yes, excellent. It's not for my skills or anything I possess. It was just available. As I said, you're also top of the list of the funniest, most engaging people I know who don't have a job. (laughs) You know, this is my first ever ever podcast, so it's very exciting. This could be the start of something amazing, Hannah. It could. I'm a virgin. So I've told you I'm starting a podcast, right? You know, I've wanted to do this for a while. Yes. I floated some ideas for podcasting past you before. Yeah, we've had some floaters. (laughs) We have had some floaters. One was we could go through every episode of Summer House from Hey You and discuss all the characters. Which, I mean, we could still do that if you want. (laughs) I'm not ruling it out. I know. I'm, I'm wide out. open. Real Housewives, obviously. Obvious. Your specialist subject. Mm-hmm. But you know, on t- aside from all the absolute trash that we both dedicate a lot of our lives to watching on television, um, we are quite interested in some other kind of weird and kooky things. I'm, I quite like weird stuff. And not everyone will think some of the stuff I like is weird, but a lot of people do. And it's almost like I'm quite into fads, except they don't really become fads because they hang around for quite a long time. So what I want to do is to dive into some of those things and interview people who have weird jobs or kooky habits um, or do kind of different self-care things and find out a bit more about it. Like, how did they get into it? Why do they do it? What is it doing for them? I think... I think that's interesting what I mean when we say like weird things do we mean like 
is it going to be like a Louis Theroux document? Is it like thruples and shit? Or is it, can I swear? Am I allowed to swear? You can swear. I can swear. Okay, um, thruples, that's a good one. I don't know any thruples. Yeah. No, me either. But like, I would love it, to talk to it, some thruples if anyone wants to message me. And... Maybe you could put an advert um, on like Gumtree or something. I'm sure you'd attract some. I don't want to be a thruple. Let's be clear. I don't even really like being a couple much, let alone a thruple. <laughs> that one's on the maybe pile for later. Maybe. We are throwing, throwing spaghetti at the wall, seeing what sticks. <laughs> you remember, that's actually how right. I know when spaghetti's ready, by throwing it at the wall. So Hannah, my first guest mm-hmm. I'm getting on tonight, her name's Erin. She's a legend, right? I met her in the hypnobirthing world. Um, but she's also just super cool. She's got background in marketing. So she's sort of my bounce it off kind of lady when I've got ideas. Um, and she is going to talk about hypnobirthing. Do you know what hypnobirthing is? Now I do. I mean, I'll level with you. When I first heard about it, I thought it was very different to what it is. I so tell me like... that. What did you think it was? So, uh, <laughs> I thought... So like hypnobirthing was like hypnotism. Mm-hmm. So your doula is like a hypnotist and they like hypnotize you. You're in this dreamlike state. Like Paul Maybe. McKenna. Yeah, you've got Paul McKenna down the party end, <laughs> hypnotizing your baby out. It Pushing my like baby birth. out with his spoon bending powers. I think that's Yuri Geller. But yeah, maybe they're both there. I don't know. There's someone they're making my... I'm there... <laughs> I mean, this dream, like, say, maybe someone's doing my makeup for me. Oh, okay. My hair and makeup. I'm going to come out like Kate Middleton in the Lindo wing. Because be like, you know she did hit my birthing. I did not know. Well, that explains everything. So I know like, that. <laughs> so I think Kate Middleton helped bring it into, like, the mainstream. Because this is how I found out about it. My sister-in-law had done it. And she yeah. was saying, give hypnobirthing a go. It's amazing. At the time, I was like, nah, give me the drugs. I want all the drugs. Yeah. And then I read Kate had done it. And let's be clear, if it's good enough for Kate, it's probably going to be good enough for me. Yeah. I'm kind of, I have a real fear of birth. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I, the idea of giving birth scares me so much that I do not believe that I could get out of my head enough to be like, I am, my baby is going to swim out of me. I am love. I am light. Do you know what I mean? I feel like sure. I, I think my point is, I think hypnobirthing is for a particular type of person. I don't think it's for everyone. I think. You think it's just for like woo people? Not just woo woo people, because there's woo woo people. Woo woo. Like, woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> that's like down in Weatherspoons with a picture of woo woo they're my kind of people I'm a woo woo person but not a woo person okay I'm saying. got you um but no because I think you know there's people who I wouldn't aren't necessarily like knit your own shoes brigade who I know do it mm. so but I like I don't think I'm not I can't I'm not very sparry like I can't go like the second someone tells me to relax I'm like <laughs> Fester, like I can't mm. do it so I just feel like nine months wouldn't be enough for me to get out of my own head to just like breathe my baby out in a bath I'm gonna try and not teach you hypnobirthing right now okay 
because <laughs> it's very tempting because what I want every bit of me is screaming like but you're going to be the person who benefits the most for our listeners who don't know I'm also a hypnobirthing instructor however I don't really do a lot of hypnobirthing teaching because I'm kind of quite focused on my fitness business um so I'm not going to try and teach hypnobirthing now or explain what it is I'm going to get Erin to do that because she's fantastic at it sure but it's all about trying to get away from those fears really and letting our body take over so what you said it really well I think about being stuck in your head yeah um so what is it if you could ask Erin anything you won't be allowed to because you're not going to be on the call Hannah (laughs) (laughs) I'm not permitted I'll be talking about I'll be drunk on (laughs) (laughs) woo-woos um what would you want to ask her what would I want to ask her I guess I mean well it my my whole thing is that I don't think it's for everyone right okay yeah. So I guess it's like, what, how is it for everyone? Because we're all so different and you, you do have to be in a very particular frame of mind. And I think you have to go into these things with an open mind, mm. otherwise it won't work for you. And sure. so someone like me, you know, as far as I'm concerned, could just have a cesarean and a tummy tuck at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Victoria Got you. Beckham, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Um, so I could do that. Can you imagine how much like pain you'd be in after that? Like yeah, don't you get your tummy pain? would hurt. But from what I understand, like everything hurts after a baby anyway. Not for very long. So like my, I'm going to say the word vagina because we need to normalize the word vagina, Hannah. I saw something that said throbbing birth canal. <laughs> and that has haunted me. <laughs> Ever since I read it. Do you mean throwing birth canal in a non-sexy way? Is that not language that you guys use in the bedroom? Isaac, come to my throbbing birth canal. (laughs) It's not so (laughs) hunting for the passion that I need to start throwing things like that out there. I can see I can see that. I get that phrase. But I think your um, throbbing birth canal doesn't throb for actually that Mm. long after you've given birth. Probably a day or two. But I need a nappy. Well, that's no matter nappy, what, right? what, what, where it comes out. You, you still have the mother of all periods you after you've had a baby. Out. If it comes out abdominally or through the vagina, you still bleed a lot for a long time. Newsflash. Oh, God. Have I put you off ever having a baby? I'm I can't even tell you how much it stresses me out the idea of it like it honestly I've said this to you before I say it to everyone I would give birth every single day if I could it's amazing and you will love it Hannah I just don't think I will I just but like you're also like a mentalist with like you like you enjoy working out like I work out out of necessity not out of joy yeah, but I think that's about mindset as well. I think that's similar to the hypnobirthing. Like, yeah, it's about how you frame it in your mind, isn't it? Yeah. Do you not get buzzy when you work out? Do you not start yeah. thinking, oh, yeah, oh, this is so good. I'm doing burpees. <laughs> Absolutely not burpees. But I know what you should do. You should be a PT 
and teach live classes because you're a performer and so right? inspirational <laughs> <laughs> yeah also you're a performer so I think the reason I really enjoy exercising is because I'm filming them live to people and it's I know people are watching them back and it's a show you know I'm back to my seven-year-old self selling tickets at family events to my shows yeah but I don't, I want to be the type of instructor that, you know, the one that just like walks around and tells you what you're doing wrong, but doesn't actually have to do it. I know they're not considered the best ones, but that would probably sure. be my approach. Some people prefer instructors like that. They don't do very well in COVID though. No. Because there's no one to walk around to. Yeah. I'm interviewing Erin tonight. I'm going to talk to her. What, why is hypnobirthing for everyone? Yeah. Why Erin? Why, how? And like, as me, as a case study, as someone who is frightened of birth. Non-pregnant person. Non-pregnant. But this no sounds like a really good case study. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no plans for pregnancy. Yeah. Convince me to, to do hypnobirthing, please. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's fantastic if you're that type of person. I just don't believe we are all, we all have the capacity mm. for because one of the things that I want to examine is whether or not do these people who do these different jobs or self-care things, is it their job to convince us it's worth doing? Or do we just come to these things at the right time in our lives? Interesting, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if you're running a hypnobirthing company you probably want people <laughs> not just like, you That's come to true. me do you think viable. this is why I don't make any money <laughs> I'm like they'll come to me I'm a fitness trainer but don't make yourself do it because it will come to you and definitely don't pay me because <laughs> I just want to do everything for free yeah <laughs> I'm gonna make it really difficult for you to access my content because I want to know that you want it I guess if you're choosing to come onto a podcast, you're down with that. I'm not like interrogating someone at a dinner party, am I? No. And also like, it's something that is, I mean, my understanding of it is widely positive. So it's not like it's a controversial thing. Mm. Like, oh, well, I hope your uh, conversation goes well with Erin. Yeah. Um, And I'll feed back. Yeah. Change Um, my mind, Erin. She will, you know. Um, Yeah, and then I'm going to have some other cool stuff on. I'm going to have someone talking about manifesting. You know about manifesting? Law of attraction. I do, I do. I I feel like that's the type of thing that I do. I like say I'm going to do it for about three days and then I forget about it. (laughs) A bit, no birthing. And then I'm going to have some other stuff. Who else have I got coming on? I've got a reflexologist. I've got a script writer. But I have a thought, actually. Yeah. It's back on hypnobirthing. Mm. obviously if Erin does indeed change my mind what are there other ways that I could apply hypnobirthing to my life like it's not Hannah the answer is yes <laughs> like it's gonna blow your mind something. there's no doubt hypnobirthing changed my life okay because so do you the principles every every single day okay. principles you learn are very grounded in science 
And I'll let Erin explain more about that. But I think the issue with hypnobirthing is the name. Hypnobirthing. It's, it's a little, it's Paul a bit McKenna. too Paul McHenry yeah. or Yuri Geller. Or who, I think that's what puts people off and makes them think that's not for me because I'm not into that yeah. kind of thing. I don't want to be in the delivery room clucking like a chicken. <laughs> whatever it is that make you barking like a dog I don't think that's it's not how I view my birth going that is that's very true we don't want to manifest that do we no no not on my island right I feel really pumped now I've got my questions for Erin I'm going to feed back to you and let you know what's going to happen when you give birth when you get pregnant my throbbing birth canal yeah we'll feedback on your throbbing birth canal please do can't wait to discuss it all right thank i just want to hop on and warn you that there are a few swear words in this episode so if you've got the kitty winks in earshot pop those headphones in joining me Erin oh I'm so I'm so pleased to join you I'm really flattered you've asked me to come on your podcast you might actually have to listen to this one I will I will I, I have started since, since you outed me <laughs> I've been listening to podcasts <laughs> so I'm going to give everyone a quick introduction to you Erin so Erin is a hypnobirthing instructor she's a marketing extraordinaire and she's a good friend of mine. Uh, wow. We met each other about a year ago um, when we actually were both training to become hypnobirthing instructors. And she's made a massive success of her business. Erin, um, earlier today, I had a chat with my cousin, Hannah. Um, what I did get was Hannah's take on what her understanding of hypnobirthing was, right. which was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so Hannah doesn't have children. She's never been pregnant um and she is a bit dubious about hypnobirthing Mm -hmm. so I wonder if you can tell us a bit about hypnobirthing and then we're going to ask a few questions from Hannah's perspective okay (laughs) which might be interesting okay yeah hypnobirthing kind of is a bit misunderstood I think um people tend to think that it's a bit like hippie-ish and a bit woo um, you know, you're either going to get hypnotized or, um, you know, there's like some crazy person wearing lots of tie dye and dreads is going to be like teaching you how to like <laughs> breathe your baby out. Um, and actually, it's not it's not um, it's not that kind of hippie ish. It's actually really scientific. Um, <clears throat> so I do wish people would understand that it actually is a really, really great um technique to learn um and you can use it beyond birth as well which is an important thing to understand as well and hypnobirthing is essentially um a combination of understanding your your mind and how your mind affects your body so the kind of psychology side of things then also uh, my classes and, and, and most hypnobirthing courses that people take have some have some really good antenatal education in there as well but it's essentially oh, so you could do it 
instead of NCT or something like that? Yeah, you could do. Yeah, definitely. There's, there is def- a definite overlap between NCT and hypnobirthing. So a lot of the antenatal education and, and you know, the understanding what your rights are in birth, understanding what all your options are, you know, um, how to write a birth plan, what actually physically happens in labour to your body, you know, your pelvis, your uterus, your baby, your brain. People don't think about your brain when you think they think about giving birth, but actually it has a huge role to play. All of that stuff you talk about and, and you learn about in hypnobirthing. There is definitely a massive overlap of NCT classes um, and other antenatal classes and, and hypnobirthing classes, for sure. So one of the things Hannah was asking mm-hmm. was... She is like, that's all great. That's all lovely. But that's for a specific type of person. Like that ain't for me. She was like, I want a C-section and a tummy tuck at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) She said the reason being is because she is absolutely terrified of giving birth. Mm -hmm. So she's too scared for hypnobirthing. Prime candidate for hypnobirthing. Totally. (laughs) I said, Erin will say that. (laughs) Yeah, completely huge portion of people that come on hypnobirthing courses are coming on hypnobirthing courses because they are terrified of giving birth and that's that's the amazing thing about hypnobirthing is that by the time you get to the end of the course a large amount of that fear is lessened because you understand what's going to happen you understand you know what happens in labor you understand what you can what is it within your control to to influence what happens in labor because you can influence it you can't entirely control it because birth is unpredictable but you can you can definitely have some influence on what happens in labor and then you learn techniques and tools to be able to reduce the anxiety and cope with with the anxiety and the fear even if you do want a c-section you know, you, you elect for a C-section for whatever reason. I mean, I've had clients who have, who are electing for a C-section because they have a genuine extreme fear of giving birth. They can still use hypnobirthing, um, even if you have a C-section. Tell me more about that C-section thing, because what I think a lot of people's understanding of hypnobirthing is that it's about sort of, um, what, what was the phrase Hannah called it? Um, it's the knitting shoe brigade people's birth (laughs) I don't even know what that means um so she is like no it's like singing your baby out and that's just not for me um so if you were to have a c-section what is it that you can use in hypnobirthing is it that you wouldn't have to have an anesthetic because you'd feel no pain or how does that work god no you still need an epidural Um, so let me I'll kind of rewind a bit to talk to kind of explain what the hypnobirthing is and what it does and then I can explain how you can use it for a c-section so when when you learn about hypnobirthing when you do a course a hypnobirthing course the first thing we start off with is understanding your brain and how your brain affects your body the reason that we need to understand our brains is because our minds and our brains Um, are responsible for um, the production of hormones and hormones are key for triggering labor. So um, if you are producing adrenaline and you're triggering um, your uh, sympathetic nervous system and you're going into this freeze, fight or flight, panic, anxiety mode, you're gonna start secreting adrenaline. Adrenaline stalls labor. 
what you want to be is in your parasympathetic nervous system. So your calm, rest and digest state. When you're feeling calm and you're feeling safe and you're feeling loved, that's when you start producing oxytocin. And oxytocin is the key hormone for triggering the start of labor and progressing labor. So the reason why we talk about our minds and how our brains affect our bodies is because we need to understand those hormones and how to maximize the production of those hormones so that we can help facilitate labor. It's quite scientific, isn't it? It is. It really, it genuinely really is quite scientific. Yeah, totally. Because Hannah described it as, this is what she thought it was. It was a bit like Paul McKenna yeah. sat down the party end, hypnotizing you while you're giving birth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's a really common misconception. I mean, loads of people think that, you know, hypnobirthing is for one type of person, you know, this person who is only aiming for this drug-free, probably home, probably water birth, vaginal birth. And it's it's really, really not. I mean, you, anybody can use hypnobirthing regardless of what kind of birth you have. Um, and actually, if you do have a birth where things kind of deviate from your ideal plan and you get presented with options and you start having that intervention um led you know experience the hypnobirthing actually comes into its own then because that's when you're using the tools and techniques to stay calm stay rational and and make those decisions um and and to feel positive about the experience and and keep keep that adrenaline levels down not it's not just about this one specific type of birth and i'm quite i'm quite um I make sure that my, my clients, when they do a course with me, understand that, that if you have drugs, it's not a failure. Mm. You, you know, it's, it's about making informed decisions. So you understand the pros and the cons so that when you do reach for those drugs, you understand, you know, the potential implications and you're making that informed decision and you feel like you're in control of that situation. That's going to lead to a much more positive experience than asking for an epidural having the implications of the epidural and then looking back on your birth afterwards with hindsight and thinking oh god if I had have known that I I wouldn't have made those decisions that's much more negative Mm. do you think that the perception of hypnobirthing's changed over the years because I feel like I came to hypnobirthing about six years ago when I was pregnant with my first And back then, I think it was very much about having a natural birth. You'd, you'd either, you'd, you might have studied hypnobirthing, you'd done a course or you read a book and you either succeeded in it or you didn't. And I knew lots of people who had babies around the same time. And they were like, well, yeah, you did hypnobirthing, but you were lucky because it worked for you. I did hypnobirthing and it didn't work. And I wonder if now there's a bit of a shift change in that or is that just the course that we both learn and teach I I think there probably has been a bit of a shift I think and I think it's necessary because I think when you push one version of birth then you do push that person into that mindset of failure or or not Um, and and nobody fails at birth nobody ever fails at birth you know it's it's a case of whether you felt whether you were supported sufficiently and you were informed sufficiently. Um, that's mm. that's what it comes down to ultimately. And I think you are setting people up to fail if you push one version of birth. Um, so, but the course that we have trained in definitely is a lot more um, inclusive and open-minded in terms of those versions of birth um, and making sure that you. Mm 
you do have that view which is why that which is why it's so important that uh, if you do a hypnobirthing course it's not just about the hypnobirthing it's also about the antenatal education you need to have it the two go hand in hand you can't really do one without the other you need to do both um because otherwise you're not making those mm. important decisions so erin what about you how did you come to it um how did you discover hypnobirthing so my my first birth i did what pretty much everybody does um first time mum got pregnant and thought I'm not going to put a birth plan together because no one's going to read it and I'm not going to prepare and I'm not going to get my hopes up because it probably won't go to plan and I completely went into birth blind um I didn't do any prep um and had a really negative experience because of it I mean I can pinpoint decisions that I made um, or actually I didn't even make decisions I just let other people make the decisions for me and went okay because I didn't know any different um, and got to 41 weeks and um, the midwife uh, suggested I, I be induced so I said yes um, without really understanding you know the implications if you are induced generally it is a more intense birth um, you know it's more uncomfortable um, and um, it was a very long labour uh, and I ended up have, asking for an epidural again without understanding the implications of an epidural or the risks and very narrowly missed uh, a instrumental delivery thank god I managed to push my my daughter out without without the um, without forceps but the birth obviously affected my daughter and the drugs affected my daughter and um, I struggled to breastfeed and then I, I ended up with quite bad postnatal depression afterwards. So it just generally wasn't very positive. And I said I wasn't going to have any more kids. It's ironic because I've got three now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, eventually kind of got my head around having another one because I didn't want her to be an only child. And so started trying for another baby and got pregnant quite quickly um and thought I'm going to do something this time round to prevent that situation happening again so I I did hypnobirthing and I also got myself a doula I can't advocate getting a doula enough honestly it's like it's they are amazing um if you don't know what a doula is a doula is a non-medically trained person to support you in birth so it's not it, Paul McKenna it's not Paul McKenna. <laughs> <laughs> Down the party end, as Hannah said. <laughs> um, I mean, a doula, might, they, may, they may not even, you know, I mean, they're not there to deliver your baby. They're there to support you in pregnancy um, and make sure that you understand your choices and your options. If you want them to advocate for you, they will, but they don't necessarily have to advocate for you in the birth room. They're there to kind of hold space for you and support your birth partner as well, um, your, your boyfriend, husband girlfriend whoever it is that's there that's there when you give birth um so I basically educated myself a hell of a lot more second time round and had a really positive birth um in a midwife-led unit at my hospital um and that kind of set me on a journey really I think and then when I got pregnant with my son third baby I did uh, another hypnobirthing course um, and I'd also started writing affirmations and selling them on Etsy. Um, so I was like drip feeding myself with affirmations and positive 
birth affirmations constantly um, for, for a couple of years before I got pregnant with my son. Um, Can you just explain to anyone who doesn't know what affirmations are? So affirmations are positive statements which you repeat to yourself over and over and over again. You, you essentially, you don't have to believe them at first, um, but the more you repeat an affirmation to yourself, your brain starts to believe it. it I liken it to sports. I'm a calm mum who likes homeschooling. <laughs> you have to repeat it a hell of a lot. <laughs> I'm a calm mum who likes homeschooling. I'm a calm mum who likes homeschooling. <laughs> I don't drink wine during the week. I don't drink wine during the week. <laughs> but it's it's like sports psychology, you know, and, and it's funny because no one bats an eyelid at a marathon runner psyching themselves up before they go and run a marathon or, you know, a, a, a boxer, um, you know, repeating affirmations to themselves before they go for a fight. But as soon as you say you're doing hypnobirthing and you're, 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 you're doing positive affirmations before birth, everyone rolls their eyes. But it's exactly the same psychology. It, it works exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so repeating positive phrases about birth um, and surrounding yourself with those affirmations your brain starts to believe it and you start storing those messages in your subconscious so that when you go into labor um, your brain goes to that that place rather than anywhere negative and traumatic we have come to see this one version of birth as the truth and that becomes self-fulfilling because you expect to have a painful fearful birth um, and that triggers something in your brain which makes you start secreting the adrenaline, which makes contractions painful, which makes you fearful, which makes you more scared. And it becomes this self-fulfilling reality then. Um, but, mm. but birth isn't supposed to be painful. It's not supposed to be this traumatic, painful event. If it was, we uh, humans as a species wouldn't, wouldn't succeed. You know, the reason that we're successful as a species is because we want to procreate. Birth is not supposed to be this thing where you dread doing it and then you never want to do it again that's not that's not you know it doesn't mm. make sense for us as, as a species and do you think people who do hypnobirthing have less pain when they're in labor um they have a different perception of the of the feelings that they are experiencing um mm. if you if you if you're induced you know, you, they, so when they induce you, they use synthetic oxytocin. So it's it's um, fake man-made hormones to induce labor. Um, it is more painful. It is more intense. You know, you don't get that slow buildup of, of surges. Um, it generally is kind of like full on and it is more, dis- more uncomfortable. Um, if you've been doing hypnobirthing, you could, it's, a, it's a way to cope with the sensations better. Um, and you reframe what what those contractions are in your mind so one of the things that I say to Mm. to my clients is when you're having a contraction rather than thinking of it as something to be terrified of and something to dread you reframe it in your mind as something positive you know each contraction that you're feeling is doing something positive it is moving your baby down it is getting your baby into a good position to birth your baby um, so you welcome each contraction, which sounds crazy to somebody who's not doing hypnobirthing to think about welcoming something which you think is going to be painful. But welcoming your contractions 
thinking about the fact that they are doing something positive um, and the fact that they're getting more intense is a good thing. Um, you know, that that whole reframing in your brain makes that perception of what they're doing and how they're feeling different. I, I get so excited when I feel a contraction come. <laughs> and because I hear in my head, in my head, every, with every surge, I'm closer to meeting my baby or a phrase like that. And I think that was repeated over and over again in the hypnobirthing tracks that you listen to. So, and you listen to them every single night for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then when it comes down to it, I guess it's similar to what you said about the affirmations. You go to that place where you be really believe it's a great thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We went off on a total tangent and I still don't know how your son's birth went. <laughs> so you were listening, you were... You were into your affirmations. I was into my affirmations and I'd done my hypnobirthing. And then it was actually my husband who suggested that we have a home birth, which really surprised me because I hadn't even considered it. Uh, once he once he suggested it, um, we kind of looked into it and thought, you know what? Um, third time mum, no complications. Um, it's actually a really, really good idea. There's a, a huge reduced risk of intervention, C-section, episiotomy, needing drugs, all sorts of benefits. So we hired a pool and I had him at home in my lounge. <laughs> oh, were your children in the house? They were. They were upstairs um, in bed. He was born at uh, half five in the morning. My mum was with us and she went upstairs to go and bring the girls down. Um, after he was born and my eight my now eight-year-old was like you were shouting so much mommy you woke me up <laughs> 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 she heard me have him um but it was amazing and I wish I'd had a home birth with all three of them now and done hypnobirthing because it was so it was such a positive experience uh, and quite and quite therapeutic for me as well I think um having had a less than positive first birth the that's interesting do you think ha almost having earth that you wanted to have previously do you think that helped heal some of the experience or trauma that you had from your first birth I think to some extent yeah I do I mean obviously with my first birth I didn't I didn't have any expectations of what I mm. wanted but having educated myself and and kind of immersed myself more and more into kind of the whole birth world um yeah I think I think it was it was definitely kind of a healing experience for me um and I think also knowing that he was definitely my last he definitely is my last and not having any more. <laughs> <laughs> um I think that also was quite was quite nice for me to know that my last mm. child I, I had that really positive home water birth um, that I, I wanted was kind of a nice kind of closing that chapter, you know. Mm. Now, you said that your husband suggested having a home birth. Mm -hmm. What how was his journey into sort of hypnobirthing? So how did he feel about it when you first brought it up with him, um, having seen and been witness to what had happened in your first birth? Mm -hmm. um and did he do a course with you how did it work what's how's he kind his perceptions changed um so I mean we both went in blind for the first birth um and when I had my my second daughter 
um, I did again what quite a lot of people do with hypnobirthing is kind of spent the minimum, downloaded a course and um, watched some of it, but not all of it because you procrastinate and you think I'm going to do this and I'm going to watch it and you kind of think okay I'll watch it later and I think I, I think I only got through half the course and of course he didn't watch any of them with me because mm. it was a downloadable course and he was off doing other stuff so um so uh, we we definitely concentrated more on the hypnobirthing together with the third um but he's also quite into kind of NLP and um you know psychology and things so he he gets it you know it's not what's, an, what's NLP NLP is neuro-linguistic program programming so he's he's read books about NLP and I think there are um parallels with NLP and hypnotherapy um so he kind of okay. understands you know the whole subconscious conscious brain critical factor you know all of all of the parts of the psychology side of things of mm -hmm. and how it works so the sciencey it bit it wasn't like it wasn't too far-fetched for him to kind of make those parallels and understand that how it could work um so it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't tough to kind of convince him really mm. um, yeah I find that with a lot of um friends and actually um, my husband, who's my birth partner as well, um, that what they, the birth partners can take actually almost as much from the hypnobirthing course as Paul's like, you need to do hypnobirthing, it will change your life. And I think they were, Paul was really blown away by the science, how it's like based in science and psychology and it's not just this kind of woo thing for hippies i think it's funny because i think it's the it's the dad the person who's not pregnant who kind of usually comes along to a hypnobirthing course reluctantly because the person who's pregnant has, has persuaded them and said i want to do this course and they're like okay if you want to do it i'll come along mm. and then the dads are some of the biggest advocates afterwards they, they completely do a 180 because um, especially like first time well actually not even first time parents even if you've if you've given birth before and had a, a negative experience uh, feel quite as a birth partner you can feel quite anxious about being you know being in the birth room and how you're going to support your partner emotionally physically you know what are you going to do if they're in pain or what happens if things change and you can feel quite anxious about it um, and I think doing the hypnobirthing course twofold helps birth partners because one it, it you you're learning the breathing techniques and the you know all of the hypno the hypnosis skills to kind of help the person who's giving birth so that you can effectively support them when they're in labor and then the antenatal side of things you know I always say that it's the, it's the fear of the unknown you know is, is massive in birth partners not knowing what's going to happen um, not knowing how to support them and doing that antenatal side of things and the antenatal education removes that unknown so that birth partners feel actually like okay I've got this I know what's going to happen roughly you know I know you know we've put a plan in place we've got a plan b plan c um confident much more pre prepared um mm. so they do end up being kind of you know huge advocates for hypnobirthing afterwards affirmation Aaron. I have uh, ironically one of the affirmations that um, people who 
by the packs of affirmations that I I paint um it's the one that everyone else likes the most it's the image of a mountain um and I, I I paint a picture of a mountain and then I right up the side of the mountain they come they peak and they leave um and a lot of people who who are going through labor like to look at that one and when they're having a contraction think it comes it peaks it leaves you know there's there's a there's a peak to the contraction and it leaves oh that's nice after not like you know this is the thing like I I saw a really good Instagram post actually um which kind of counted up how long a typical labor is um how long a typical contraction is and of that contraction, how many seconds you're actually in that intense sensation. And actually, mm. when you count it all up, it's it's minimal, you know, that the, the amount of time mm. throughout that labor that you're actually feeling that really intense, take your breath away, you know, really have to focus um, sensation. Um, yeah, because in like a minute's contraction, you've got 20 seconds building up to it, haven't you? Mm-hmm. And that's when you've really, that's when you've got to stay calm, I think. It's those 20 seconds is when hypnobirthing comes into its own because mm-hmm. it's welcome it, breathe, calm. And then you just get through that 20 seconds that are intense, mm-hmm. that like hypnobirthing did not make my births pain-free. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you, it starts to wind down as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it, you're right, actually. Even with a minute's contraction, it's not that bad is it it's not that intense yeah yeah it's it's funny because people ask you know what is a contraction like you know is it painful I find it really really hard to describe and I think I do think that's partly our biology and our psychology that you kind of forget what it feels like to some extent um See, I remember really, really clearly, I think. Do you? I see, I can't, I really can't yeah. remember. But then I hear friends describe it and they describe it very differently. Yeah. So I think it's different. I know, in fact, it's very different according to where the baby's head is. Yeah. Isn't it? So um, obviously you want baby's head down, but with my third birth, he what his head was a little bit not in the right place for some of the labor he was sort of trying to come out nose first and it felt quite different yeah. the contractions to yeah. my other labors but I rem- I can describe and remember it it was like period pain to me mm. exactly like period pain yeah very low down just a tightening mm. um and then it the tightening goes and yeah everything's calm again <laughs> see I I do I do remember I don't remember the actual sensation but I do remember when with my first when I was induced that it was extremely uncomfortable um Mm. it it, it was um but again if I had done hypnobirthing and I had some coping techniques to help with that then it may have been a different story um and I know so so hypnobirthing can help with induction as well yeah totally yeah totally Mm. I mean that there's, there's plenty of people who have ha- been induced and not needed or not asked for or wanted pain relief drugs after induction. I mean, that's not to say that hypnobirthing is going to mean that you don't need any pain relief. Um, but, that you know, some people do manage an induction without pain relief and that's that's fine and it works fine. 
um with my with my second daughter and my son I didn't even use gas and air with either of them um and not it wasn't it, it genuinely wasn't a conscious decision I didn't think I'm not going to have any drugs I just I, I never asked for it because I never needed mm. it um I just yeah I, I I coped fine without it um so you know it, it, it can it can it can be done um but everyone is different you know and it's it's not a failing if you do ask for pethidine or you want an epidural um it's like I said it's it's about making that informed choice so that you feel like you're making the right decisions for you and your baby rather than yeah decisions forced on you one of the other things that Hannah wanted to know, and I think this is really interesting, um, is techniques that you learn. Can you apply them to other areas of your life? Yes, 100%. I've been using my breathing techniques, my hypnobirthing breathing techniques, all the way through since the kids stopped going to school. And that sounds <laughs> honest to God. I go and stand in the kitchen and I can feel myself getting really stressed. I can feel my, my teeth clenching and I'm like, because oh, I'm trying to teach my five-year-olds like basic maths and she's not getting it. Oh. So I go and walk into the kitchen and I do some breathing techniques and I, I feel better. I mean, mm. any, any stressful anxiety inducing situation where you're going to be triggering your sympathetic nervous system and you're going to start, you know, anytime you feel, you know, your palms getting sweaty, you, you can feel your heart rate and your breathing rate speeding up and you, you're, you're obviously producing adrenaline. Do hypnobirthing techniques, the breathing techniques. Yeah, hundred percent. You're going to benefit mm. from it. You're going to get those stress levels down. Definitely. I feel like it was opened up a whole different world to me doing hypnobirthing. Mm. Of things. I mean, I wouldn't be doing a podcast about this type of thing. You know, I'm talking to people about manifesting. I've got a psychic on. I've got someone tomorrow talking about qigong, and. I just think it's opened up my eyes to that there's a lot we know about the world that a lot we don't know about the world properly mm. that isn't answered by Western medicine or I'm really, I, the affirmation thing at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I listen to a, a career affirmations MP3 every night before I go to sleep. Yeah. And um, I really think but to having the birth I wanted, it worked. I think, well, how about taking those techniques and applying it to something different, like your career or, um, you know, fitness or anything like that? Yeah, it's it's funny because <clears throat> once you once you explain to somebody how hypno hypnobirthing works, um, it it just it seems like a no brainer. Um, and there's, there's, it's like it's obvious that it would you could apply it to other areas of your life you know if you're mm. constantly being presented and exposed to a certain truth that's what you're going to believe you know it's like it's like it's your reality that's what you start thinking um so why not surround yourself with positive representations of birth and positive affirmations and positive videos and stories about a certain you know way of birth um that Aaron, 2020 that was quite a year wasn't it that's an understatement <laughs> have you got two top three learns that have come from this year 
So from the global yeah. pandemic? Um, okay, I would say the first one would be just because something's challenging doesn't mean you can't do it. You know, I, I, I trained to be a hypnobirthing instructor. I qualified in January last year. So right at the beginning of the pandemic, I started a new business, which should have tanked it frankly, because, you know, I was planning to do face-to-face -face sessions with people, you know, I was looking for case studies, I had to completely turn everything on its head, do everything online, um, and it's worked, you know, I, you know, my first, I think, takeaway from last year is, you know, these challenges, you know, just because it's, I think, uh, to let go of expectations of things a little bit, um, I'm a real control freak. I, I'm hands up. I admit I am a control freak. I like to be in control of everything. I like to plan. I like to know what's going on. I like to have my house a certain way. And I have definitely- Is that working out with three children, eh? Well, exactly. You can't, <laughs> right? It's impossible. Um, particularly now that they're not at school, you know, I can't have my house a certain way. Like I would go mad if I expected to go to bed every day and have my house immaculate with three kids mm. running around, you know, raising, you know, it's not, that's not, it's not the end of the world. Um, and I think the third one would be to have more gratitude, I think for a, an appreciation for the little things or the things that you mm. kind of take for granted you know and I think we all probably have that over the course of last year you know having an appreciation for our health um having an appreciation for our family and people that we probably do take for granted now that we can't see them we miss them a lot more yeah um, so kind of taking stock and being grateful um more I think definitely is probably my third for for last year now this is another question that I ask you all the time but I also think it's valuable for listeners I don't know how you do everything you do so Erin is like a superwoman she's got three kids that are all at home her youngest is a similar age to my youngest and you know, before 9.30 the other day, Ziggy had eaten a bit of coal out the fire, <laughs> licked the toilet bowl, pulled the legs out from underneath the kitchen table and drawn on his face. <laughs> and I'd hidden in the larder and screamed like I do quite regularly. Um, and you seem to just have it all together. And you're running this super successful hypnobirthing business. And you're also an amazing artist. And you do these cool drawings. Your marketing is on point. What's going on? What are we missing here? <laughs> what can we do? Thing, this is the thing. Like, so outwardly, everyone probably like will see a certain person and think, oh my God, they've got their shit together. Like they're amazing. You know, they're doing all these things. Um, but behind the scenes is usually a different story, right? So yeah, I mean, I, yeah, thing on my phone, so my lap phone is in my hand way more than it should be. Um, you know, I do a lot of my marketing and my my writing and things while my son is napping. So the number of times I've gone out on a buggy nap and driven the buggy through dog crap because I have not been looking <laughs> where I'm going because I've been pushing the buggy and have my phone out. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I do a lot. I do a lot of stuff 
on the fly without really putting much planning or thought into it and I'm pretty probably quite lucky that it works like the intro from my Eric right and people like to see that when when so much great content it's really educational as well and it's fun and we get to see a bit of you in your life as well well I think I, I, I kind of feel like you have a responsibility to be authentic because otherwise I kind of jump feet first in without really thinking about it. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but you Is know. that like starting a podcast before you'd ever listen to a podcast? Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, yeah, my podcast was a complete fluke. <laughs> like I, I, I was doing these Q and A's with, with experts about various different pregnancy related things and noticed on Zoom that when you record it, you know, there's a little audio track. So I thought, I'll just shove it on a po- podcast. I've never listened to podcasts in my life. I've got no idea how it compares to other people's podcasts because I've never it's listened very good. to But um, <laughs> try not to overthink things. And I think you can get a bit stuck in procrastinating if you overthink things too much, can't you? And yeah, then never do anything. Yeah, definitely. And also it's just about not being scared to fail, I guess. You know, I post you in the Zoe Call podcast. It's Elizabeth Day, How mm-hmm. to Fail. There's, it's probably one of the most famous podcasts out there. It's been going a long time, and she just interviews famous people who've been very successful. And he, she sort of pivots, tries to get them to pivot their life story around failures. Mm-hmm. So it's our failures that make us who we are, not our successes. Yeah, um, I, th- I think you'd enjoy that. Yeah. If- I just need to drum it into my eight-year-old that it's fine to fail because it's not the end of the world. Use it as a learning experience. Don't mm-hmm. yeah. I'm trying to drum into my six-year-old that she doesn't want to be the same as everyone else. No one has ever made a really great success of their life by being the same as everyone else. And she was like, really? No one. And I was like, mummy, I'm not the same as everyone else, am I? I don't have like a job in an office. And she was like, yeah, but you are the same as Joe Wicks. And I was like, oh, what about him, aren't I? And then she went, yeah, but not really, because he trains loads of people and you just train your mum. <laughs> Hard. <laughs> oh, bless her. So, Erin, 21st of June, Bojo announced today. That's when life's going back to normal, apparently. God, I hope so. What will you be doing? Twenty second nights. What are you most looking forward to doing? Um, I want to see my parents. I want to go into my parents' house. Mm. I, so that's definitely top of the list. And my sister as well. I haven't seen my sister for ages. Um, hugging them. Yeah, nice. having a hug. Like I miss. I do miss like cuddling family. Uh, Interestingly, yeah. also the age of our youngest both of us sort of had our babies were like really in sort of like the fourth trimester mm-hmm. um so we kind of hadn't you know regained a social life and then we've gone into a pandemic and lost a social life so it just feels like I just I want to go to the pub we were talking about this on whatsapp the other day weren't yeah. we yeah we were like, I know. Oh, I'm, nice I'm slightly just scared when we do meet up in person, Louise, because I think we're going to both get paralytic very, very quickly and very easily. It doesn't take much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
God. I'm excited for that. We'll just start early and finish early. That's yeah. the name of the game for parent Definitely. drinking. Definitely. Mm. Day drinking. Where can they find you if they are interested in doing hypnobirthing with you? So you can either go to my website, which is www.better-birth.co.uk. Um, or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram um, or Twitter, although I don't tweet very often. Um, uh, it's which is uh, my handle on all of them is Better Birth UK. And what's coming up for Better Birth or what's coming up for Erin in the next 18 months? So I have what's well, new? continue going. Um, I have you'll know I have a whole new season lined up. I haven't finished publishing season two, but I, again, had a crazy idea to start recording positive birth stories. So I started recording season three simultaneously at the same time as season two because I had the idea to do it. So there will be- a This is the best three. idea, by the way. <laughs> so there'll be a whole, um, and lots of people, particularly people who already have kids, like you don't have the time to be able to sit down and watch a positive birth video or read, you know, a book or, you know, a birth story. So you can shove on a podcast when you're in the car or, you know, when you're doing stuff um, uh, in the background and listen to a positive birth story. So there's, um, and then aside from that. That's going to be amazing though. It will it'll be a really good resource. Um, I really do hope that people share it and listen to it because, I, you know the birth stories that I've recorded I mean yours was fantastic I can't wait for that to go live because you're so funny um and your your births were so amazing and different you know each one's different um and um and I'm trying to uh, well I'm not trying I am getting lots of different versions of birth because again it's really important to expose yourself to different types of birth and have lots of different representation of different types of birth so I'll have um, birth stories from people who've had C-sections, people who've had IVF, um, people who have been induced, um, people who've had emergent or planned C-sections, um, all, all sorts of different versions of birth, all positive. Um, because mm. again, I think it's important to not just stick to that one version of birth. Um, Definitely be listening to them and I'll be sharing them because I think positive birth stories, we need to get more of them out there and normalize um, positive experiences in birth yeah 100 percent. erin thank you so much for joining oh thank you for having me i've had i've had a ball um i was really nervous about being being on your podcast <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I could only fun. ever have had you as my first podcast guest oh. because yours i've only been on one podcast but i've been on it twice um and it's both been yours i loved it so Thank you for inspiring me to actually just start my own. Oh. And thank you for agreeing to come on and talk about hypnobirthing. I feel like we've only scratched the surface. Mm. There's so much more we could talk about. There is, yeah. I could talk all day, but then I think everyone would start switching off. So. <laughs> And just like that, 
both of our internets died. Um, but it was so nice to have a good chat with Erin and clear up um, some misconceptions about hypnobirthing. Please do like and subscribe because it really helps people find us. If you want to know any more about hypnobirthing, you can check out the Little Birth Company's website. That is the course that Erin teaches. Um, and you can find out more about her by following her on her social channels, Better Birth UK, or her website. Next week, we're going to be talking to Maddie Bailey, who is a Qigong exercise coach, I guess we'll call her. Um, so come along and have a listen. See you then.